We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hello, friends. Kirk Henderson and Josh Bow coming to you late Saturday night, November 6th, following the Dallas Mavericks defeating the Boston Celtics 107 to 104. Josh, how are you? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, I think our mood is considerably different on the whims of one Luca shot. So I appreciate uh, Luca for being Luca. I am too. I am too. And so this was kind of, um, I wrote about this, and this goes beyond the fact that they won. So Luca won on a game winner. And if you missed it, you're under a rock. So we'll come back <laughs> to that a little bit later. But the Mavericks led this game wire to wire with the one exception of Marcus Smart hit a garbage three-point shot at the 212 mark in the fourth to give the the Celtics a 104-102 lead. Kristaps Porzingis uh offensive tip dunk or uh, got an offensive rebound and tip dunk to Jalen Brunson three-pointer at the 139 mark. So the Mavericks were literally only behind in this game if I'm doing my math right 433 seconds. Um that's the only time they trailed. And so this was for me, for my, you know, where I've been coming from when, as we've been podcasting, this was the, the first game that I felt like they were in control or at least playing an extremely confident brand of basketball for the majority of the game. Does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, this is definitely the, definitely the longest. I mean, that was easily the best first half they've played all season. Like, not even close. Maybe the first half against the Kings game uh, was pretty good, but sure. okay. Uh, yeah, Luca did look good in the first half there. I don't. I just. I maybe it's my brain not taking the Kings seriously, which is yeah, a yeah. mistake. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, this for me, it's it's difficult because as good as the first half was, the second half was. It was just kind of mirror, and it's really 
you know, I don't want to be a bummer, but it is it is disappointing that the Mavericks had to win this game on a, on a buzzer beater because I was really hoping, like the first half, I was like, man, this is it. They're finally going to get like a nice, comfortable game where they, you know, drama-free game where they look good from start to finish and no one has any real complaints. And no one's really going to have any complaints because when Luca makes a buzzer beater, everyone's happy. And they should be happy. Like, that was freaking awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's just, you know, there's just a part of my brain, like the fan part of me is obviously very excited and happy and, and running around the house and all that stuff. But then like the other part of my brain that, that wants to analyze and, and look at things is like, well, well, let's, kinda, let's walk through sucks. it then. Let's, let's walk through it then because the first half of the game was, and, and this really was the entire first half. They executed in a way that we have not seen them execute maybe the Kings game the entire year where both where all five starters and then the bench players looked like they knew what their role was within the offense. You know, some of this is really aided by the fact that Dorian Finney-Smith hit a pair of early threes, which he has been so dog shit from distance that teams weren't guarding him. And again, he wasn't guarded by the Celtics. But those threes sort of, they take the edge off with what's happening, where Luca, I think, tends to feel a little more confident in passing. And then, you know, Chris Dapps um, attacked the rim, like used his height and played tall. Uh, and so there's just enough things that were working in the first half. And then what happened in the second half, at least particularly in the, those that like six-minute stretch to start the third quarter, is the shots weren't falling and then guys became really confused about where to go within sets. Like there were some awful, ugly decisions in that five or six minute stretch. And to me, that's more of those guys not playing together for a while. Um, is part of it. These guys have played together for three years. Well, then, but, but the season, it's been the five. <laughs> yeah, no, it's been I'm, five games. I know. This is what I was I'm, thinking about. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. But then they kind of got their bearings yeah. again. Because mm-hmm. Brunson is good, um, and they they just sort of battled they just sort of battled it out the rest of the way. The Celtics really kept coming, and the Mavericks had an answer just enough. I don't want to say every time because that's misleading, but but they they answered enough to where it gave the, them an opportunity to win the game. Yeah, there was a the in the third quarter. I thought I mean I thought in third quarter they were going to give the whole lead away uh and the fact that they were able to build it back up to a seven point lead entering the fourth quarter that that was encouraging and I, what i was really hoping was they would take that seven point lead and turn it into a 12 13 14 point win uh but you know they weren't able to and they had to kind of you know crawl over the finish line to win uh this is going to be really funny because they're now what they're six and three and their point differential is still going to be in the, in the, in the toilet. Uh, so I, I hope they keep doing that. I hope the Mavericks are like 20 and 11 with like the 10th worst point differential uh, in the Western conference. Like that'd be really funny, but um, there were some things that, you know, that were good in the second half, particularly uh, they finally played Kristaps at center for extended mm-hmm. minutes. Uh, and I think that really helped unstick the offense that kind of got grounded up a bit in the third quarter uh guys finally started making some shots with Kristaps at center who knew um Kristaps got to the free throw line eight times which I don't think he can do if he's playing all of his minutes next to Dwight Powell he did that Um, one time last year one time and 
I mean, we were laughing. One of his jumpers, like he got bailed out on a call with a really shitty elbow jumper. Which I mean, he he, 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 <laughs> he kind of fell ass backwards into this game because he did have some wild possessions. But, but I don't care because yeah, right. I saw. Well, I mean, I do care, but he was doing with with the weird shit that is his forte. He was also doing stuff like attacking the offensive glass, and right. that <laughs> made you know. It's like in my notes. I really like I was really and, and longtime listeners will understand this for, for people who read and kind of come to our site. Like I try I'm trying not to kill him in print quite so often. He does. He, he just doesn't have feel for basketball. Like when it comes to like offensive sets, like when it's kind of a like a free for all, he's still like he just uses his height and his athleticism and he does interesting, good things pretty often. I mean, his offensive rebound to get one of the, the one of the Reggie Bullock corner threes was huge. Oh um, yeah, his, that was the backbreaker. His tip That's dunk a- from because uh, he he Luca got hammered on a double team, mm-hmm. found Porzingis with kind of a, a lead balloon of a pass. Porzingis took a dribble, passed out to the corner for Brunson. He got fouled on the pass. He did, in my opinion. Brunson misses an open three, and Porzingis tips tip dunks it in to tie the game. Like he did a lot of things that that. He just using his raw physical attributes and sort of like going to the right place at the right time where I don't know, like Dwight Powell wouldn't have done some of that stuff because Powell can't do it anymore. Um, and I just, I don't know. I was, I, I was delighted to see him play despite rolling my eyes at least five times for some <laughs> of the stuff that he did, if that makes any sense. It does. I mean, in the first half, we were looking at him having like one of those, yeah, he, he had six eight, points. Eight, yeah, he, we were looking at one of those games where he has eight points on on what like four of eighteen shoot. You know, like one of those really one of the games he's been playing, frankly, up until he went out with with a back injury. So I think it, it's credit to him for finding a way to to be productive and getting to twenty one points without making a three. And to his credit, he only took three. He probably you know he needs to take more, but coming back from back you know a back injury you know he's his jumper just looked, looked terrible uh for the most part he had a couple a good that mates, three but... he took that was just like that 40 footer that like yeah. crane, like i'm glad that wasn't the last shot for him because we would have murked him for taking <laughs> yeah. that yeah so the fact like that part of his game obviously wasn't gonna be there for him and that's normal after such a long layoff so the mm-hmm. fact that he was able to to find his way to shoot 50 percent from the field and you know what he was Oh, for three on threes with seven of 13 from the field. So, you know, he shot very positively from two point range and he had four offensive rebounds. Uh, the Mavericks had seven total offensive rebounds. So that's, you know, great for him. And I, I feel like every time we feel pretty happy about a Persingas game or, or at least like satisfied, he usually has like three or four or five offensive rebounds. Like, I don't know what it is, but that's like, that's like the thing that just kind of like unlocks him having like a good or or, or somewhat productive game. Uh, maybe it just means like that's the energy level that's translating to other parts of his game. Uh, but that was nice. Um, and, and yeah, you know the the five out was was good to see. They really haven't played it too much. Uh, and when you're, I feel like if you know with teams are going to get so brazen with double teaming Luca because I mean. This roster is what it is. Like the book has been written on on a lot of these guys. Uh, you know why wouldn't you double Luca like the Celtics did? Uh, the fi- at least when Kristaps is at the five, you're giving yourself a chance to do something instead of you know potentially making matters worse. Because man, when when Powell was in there and Kristaps was in there, and the Celtics were doubling, and you had Powell 
kind of release valving near the free throw line and Lucas. It's an awful. Find... He makes yeah. like Powell. Powell just gets it's... hot potato. I, yeah. I, I he does not make the right play most of the time. Whereas Porzingis, I think if you give him a single read option, he's going to be fine. Right. And when you're playing three on two, he can see the open guy. He's he's not a moron. Powell gets the ball and he's like, oh fuck, oh fuck, oh fuck. And and it just I don't know I feel bad like putting Powell as the role man like where he catches the ball at the free throw line is just terrible. Porzingis yeah. can do multiple things when he does that. Yeah, and and then so like that looked much better. And then of course you've got guys standing outside the three point line, and and Bullock I think had a late three pointer in the fourth quarter, which was nice. Uh, it was nice to see Brunson close the game after mm. not you know after not getting removed from the starting lineup. I think everyone kind of raised an eyebrow because we. These last two games, we're like, wait, I mean, that seemed talk to, be to me working. about the closing lineup because yeah. I was kind of writing and I wasn't, I, I didn't notice it until after the fact that Dorian just wasn't out there. Yeah, it was Brunson, uh, Brunson, Luca, THJ, Bullock, and Kristaps. And I think Dorian Bullock subbed in for Dorian, uh, like, like the three or four minute mark. I don't have the exact number, but it was somewhere around there. So they closed without. Dorian and they closed with Bullock and I think it made a difference. Uh, I think Bullock made a late three, you know, he didn't shoot better than, you know, he was three of eight from three. Uh, but you just see like Bullock played 26 minutes and scored 13 points and Dorian played 30 minutes and scored nine points and, and missed like, some really bad shots as the yeah. guy. like he was three of five, which is good, but his miss is late. He's just processing, and I think he'll he'll swing around. But, yeah, but that it's just not his thing. Like, how many games have we seen from Dorian where you know, despite all the good things he does, you know, he he'll play thirty seven minutes and somehow score less than ten points. And like at a certain point, all that other stuff you do mm-hmm. is irrelevant when the point of the game is to put the ball through the hoop. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think yeah, that made like a big the, difference. The, the one offensive rebound on a key possession is kind of over. Like when over enough possessions, it matters less than Bullock's willingness to kind of take the open three. And frankly, like I was crushing Bullock in our slack. Bullock missed three wide open shots. Like that game shouldn't have been that close. And I think given enough opportunity, he's going to hit that more often than not. And maybe we're not talking about three point wins. Right. And that's what's so frustrating. We just keep waiting for the Mavericks. Like, can the Mavericks just cruise to? a comfortable win in the fourth quarter. Uh, That's like the next step that we need to see from this team uh, because like they're winning close. They're winning close, ugly games. That's great. Uh, They haven't been able to be competitive against like really good teams. So that's another thing we need to look at, but you know, they still get the win. And, you know, like I think we've said this a bunch, like it's better to be figuring this out at six and three than, than something. Well, you want to know something like, we're not even talking about the fact that Tim Hardaway had a pretty bad game. And we don't. The Mavericks don't. Pretty bad week. Well, the Mavericks don't survive Tim Hardaway games that are bad in the past. Like he's basically the bellwether, and he's played two bad games in a row, and they've won both games. And and to me, that bodes very well. Um, One thing we didn't talk about, and I'm sorry, just like Twitter just spurned this on me. We really need to thank um, Marcus Smart for giving holy like that dude is dumb with that foul to end the like he from him too like he's a good you know like that's such an uncharacteristic type play from him so for anybody that doesn't know what we're talking about let me pull up the the minutes so i can absolutely get this correct he uh fouled luka Doncic 
with 11.4 seconds left. So the Mavericks had the ball and I don't, there was a, there was there a differentiation was six, between shot clock and game yes, clock. There like was the six Celtics, seconds on the shot clock. So by fouling at that point, it resets the shot clock to 14 seconds. Well, that's more than there was game clock. So it effectively turned the shot clock off and gave the Mavericks the final shot. And then Luca just did what he did, which was, but like he had three guys on him. Like that was disgusting. <laughs> I just, it took me a while to process that it, that it happened that way. Cause I was just like, huh? And it was just amazing. But, but thank you, Marcus Smart for that. Oh, um, really, really, really nice. i um, trying to think. I got off track there just because I really wanted to talk about that. So now we're on to um, trying to think, is there anything else that we really, really want to highlight and praise? Because it's it's one of the things we talked about against the Spurs. And then I talked about this with Matt Moore yesterday, is that I think the the Mavericks goal should be to make it through the rest of this month just playing 500 basketball as they figure out what they need to figure out. Um, he and I made a really key distinction to where in these previous games, it doesn't look like they're enjoying having playing basketball with one another. Now that's not to say that they dislike each other. Do not make that mistake. It's just like the on-court play is so choppy that it doesn't look like they're having fun. And I will say today was the game where I felt like they look like they had fun. Is that an overreaction? No, I mean, it helps make, you know, making shots. I'm sure these guys yeah. were pissed off at themselves. But they still didn't even make that many shots, though. That's that was, like, they, they only <laughs> shot 33% from three. I know, we're still waiting for the blow-up game. And man, what were they? They must have been, I wonder what they shot quarters two through four, because mm-hmm. first, first quarter, quarter they're they on fire. Yeah, I can probably look that up. I mean, first quarter, they were, well, we the uh, eye test lies uh they were three of nine from three in the first quarter mm-hmm. um so uh, what does that say second half they were uh six of 20 from three mm-hmm. so so yeah just i guess it, they had a really hot what five minutes i guess and then from the rest of the game well they kind of cooled off did we talk about how things went to hell in a handbasket we talked about yeah. the closing quarter but did we talk about that stretch probably yeah. from like nine minutes in the fourth till about three minutes in the fourth the yeah I mean, i'm was... trying to remember because i just like i wrote now we're podcasting <laughs> yeah you know we talked about the third quarter and we talked about how dwight powell was the uh not should not be the release valve <laughs> but it's even not it's not even that like kid had luca in is the only ball handling like, there, there was yeah. a period there was a possession where dorian finney smith took the ball up the court and <laughs> that is crazy and it's not on Dorian per se. It's more of a, a how we've been talking about the for a long time. We talked about how the Mavericks need a secondary playmaker. Let's just amend that now to say that I think the Mavericks need more ball handlers, like some more playmakers. Dribble. Period. Because <laughs> yeah. it's like that's what's going to happen. I think that the 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 book on Luca is going to be because while he looks the way he looks, and again. Nobody really likes this discussion, but I don't really care. He's not in the best physical fitness. I'm sorry. It didn't matter tonight, but the goal right now is to try to make him tired. And until he gets to the point to where it, it you know, and he will, as, as Iztok likes to say, he will figure this out. But until he until he gets to the point to where he's no longer looking winded and looking tired, the, the, he's going to face a lot of full court pressure, which means the Mavericks need to have secondary release valves to help take the ball to court. Yeah, and I think the tough part is like you're thinking, man, where's Brunson? Like he needs to be playing with Luca right now. I mean, Brunson still played 35 minutes, so it's like, 
it <laughs> it's like if either of those two guys aren't sharing the floor at the same time, you know, they can't play all 48 minutes together and they can't play all 35 minutes or 30, you know, however many game minutes they play in a game together. So it might be one of those things where they just have to grin and take it during the, you know, I don't know if they can juggle the minutes to where those guys are playing together enough while also separating them so that, you know, one of them is always on the floor at the same time. Like it's, it's really difficult because they're the only two. And, uh, you know, you know, I don't know if the answer is more Frank Nilakina minutes, even though, you know, he did okay in his 13 minutes tonight, but that's the problem. You know, that's why, even if you think like someone like Goran Dragic is not the same player he was, let's say even two years ago, just having, if he can just, if the Mavericks can somehow find a way to get him on this roster and just have another guy that can play 15 minutes of handling the ball, like that's just kind of what they need right now. Like they need bigger things, obviously, but just to get through the season without Brunson and Lucas legs falling off, I feel like they just need one yes. more guy off the bench that can just spell them uh, so that it's not all on them. That's a that's a good way to describe it. It's not that they, they need – it's just you just need it for the longevity of the season. Yeah. Um, trying to think if, like, there's there's anything else. I, I, I thought the – you know, there's a cool stretch um, from the second quarter – into the first quarter. Like, Luca went out after kind of his first eight minutes and then didn't go back in until the mid, mid, midway through point of the second quarter, which getting him um, minutes over the – like, just basically saving his legs, I think. He only played 30 – he only. Like, 35 to 36 is about what I think he ought to be playing, where you get up into the 38, 39 if you're doing that. And 35 you know, is good for, you know, mm-hmm. a close buzzer-beating win, you know. Right. like Right. So, that means he was on the bench for 13 minutes of this game. Which is, you know, it's interesting. It's it's and in, in the, the season's long. You got to you got to get get some of these in there. So yeah. Um, well, we got also, a nice week. Go ahead. I guess the only thing else to say is that uh, there will never be another game-ending shot, and for as long as Luca is a Dallas Maverick, then fading contested left-wing three-pointer. Mm. Uh, mm. But it keeps working, so I guess just keep going to that well. Right, uh, they knew he was happening too. That's my I know. favorite part. Send three guys like, at him. Right, like at that. At a certain point, your best bet is to foul him yeah, because he so. can't hit free throws. And you'll get um, the ball back. All right, so looking ahead for everybody, we have we just have a lovely two week stretch coming up. <laughs> um, no back to backs. They play New Orleans Monday, Bulls Wednesday, Spurs again Friday, and then they don't play Saturday or Sunday. And so for you and I, that means plenty of time to watch basketball, take a breath process, watch basketball again, rinse and repeat. It's going to be nice. Yeah, I like so, that. No, I do too. no back to, I mean, watching this team on a back-to-back is painful. So the less sure. of the, the better. Sure. I mean, the next back-to-back they play, this is me just, you know, is, is not until early December. Like, they don't play a back-to-back for Hallelujah. a month. Hallelujah unless I can't read the schedule properly, which is entirely possible. (laughs) Um, All right, guys. So as always, come to our site. We wrote a lot of things for a Saturday. So if you haven't (laughs) been to Mavs Moneyball, uh, stop in and kind of scroll through the page, click around. We did an early season report card, which after this win might look a little bit goofy, um, particularly since they are now, what are they here? The standings, and this is before certain games end, but they're firmly in the third place spot which is hilarious. They have a 
one game lead over the Suns and the Lakers are farting around tonight. Um, the Lakers might lose to the Trailblazers. Um, they're down by 15 at half. The Lakers were only able to score 36 points in the first half. So um, that's amazing. And yeah, so it's, it's this is just it's an interesting time of year to notch up wins. So so we should enjoy these while we can. Do you got anything else before we head on out? No, nah, let's just uh, take it. Enjoy watching that that uh, highlight on YouTube 80 times before you go to mm. sleep tonight. If you're listening mm-hmm. to the pod tonight. And we'll talk to you next time. Kirk and Josh, Mavs Moneyball After Dark. Please subscribe, visit our site, tell your friends. Everybody have a great Sunday. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical.